We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know it's me, Kel Dansby, here with the old man, Andres Hale. We are still shut into our houses due to the coronavirus. So, we are bringing you guys a little twist on our normal show. And this one is all music-based, so it's dope. We get to dive into hip-hop, pop culture, Everything else around there, no combat sports really, well that's that's not true, we always tie in combat sports a little bit, but the main focus of this will be music based, so it's great to sit here and get back into our bag. Man, our conversation before the podcast started was hilarious, with the doom and gloom conspiracy theory people surrounding the coronavirus. Oh my god, listen oh. guys, so I'm gonna, here, here's where this started, I went to Costco, and Costco had a line wrapped around the block. And I went to Costco because I just wanted some cinnamon rolls and shit because I just fully stocked my cabinet. That's just, you, Kel, you've seen my bar. I'm okay. Oh, um, I could be locked in your crib for three months. I'll be good. Yeah, listen, I'm going to be drunk for like two months. Fine. I, <laughs> good. And I got water and all that other shit. And I just wanted some simple things. And I was like, I'm not standing in line for this shit. And obviously this whole toilet paper craze has been nuts and people buying water and shit. So my thing is this. For a lot of you people, because the doom and gloom was like, anarchy, it's going to be over. Listen, do you still have fucking running water? Yes? Okay, you can wash your ass. Listen, you may not have toilet paper right now, uh, but do you have paper towels? You may not. Do you have a washcloth and running water? You can wash your ass. It's not over, people. Like, you can like you can drink water out of the tap. Vast majority of y'all go to restaurants, drink water out of the tap. You don't necessarily need bottled water. When they shut off the bottled water... Then you got some shit to worry about. Right now, uh, I said bottle water. When they shut off the faucets, then you got something to worry about. It ain't. Stop acting crazy. Stop buying all the toilet paper. And what I want to know is, let's just say this thing really lasts eight weeks. That's what the recommendation is. Are y'all going to be returning all that shit to Walmart in eight weeks? And is Walmart going to accept your return of 700 things of toilet paper? I sincerely doubt it. No, they're not taking none of that shit back. So you just, I mean, bonus, you're not going to have to worry about buying to- toilet paper for like another year. For so, the rest of your congrats. life. Like some of y'all are out of control. Come on, man. L- listen, listen. 
I've bought, I've already got sanitizer and all that stuff because I had a daughter and she had allergies. So I've already been pretty much stocked on that. And I know some people are not. But people talking about, like, the purge happening, calm the fuck down. Like, we haven't gotten there yet. And it's, don't, don't throw gasoline on the fire to make people think, like, hmm, the purge is a good fucking idea. I'm glad this person said it. Because that's all you're really doing is giving people ideas and shit. We're not there yet. Times are going to be rough. It's going to be suck. It's going to suck. We're all going to be locked into our houses, but we have Netflix and everything else to keep us company. Uh, if if for the workers, I'm sorry, because I wish there was something we can do. Maybe Trump will instill something. That part sucks. But there, it's not the end of the world yet, guys. It's really not. It's not the end of the world. So don't go on social media talking about the end of the world. Don't talk about I need to get my guns up. You don't. Not yet. It ain't happening. Just... Chill out. Just yeah, stay like, in the we're, house. We're good. Dude, stay in the <laughs> house and don't get people sick. That's your job. That's it. That's your job. And if you can't stay in the house because you got to go pick up your kids from somewhere or something like that, okay, fine. But if you're at a goddamn spring break or if you're trying to go out and hang out with a bunch of people, you're bad. You don't fuck <laughs> those, those are the people to worry about. It's yeah, like, yeah, like, chill. there's some things that are blatantly conspiracy and then some things that are just like, you know what? Should probably just not go into public places at least for two or three weeks. If shit remains closed for eight weeks, cool. Get some fresh air. Do a little of this. Don't be around large crowds. Let it get back to normal. But going all the way opposite, preparing for a zombie apocalypse, buying a million shotguns, getting a fucking rocket launcher like Royce the Five Nine had in 2001. Doing just... (laughs) Just doing wild shit is very unnecessary right now. So... I just want to know what you're going to do with that. Like, listen, Royce bought a... I remember that bazooka video that Royce had. I'll never forget that shit. Damn, I need to ask about that. But, what? like, when it doesn't happen... And you you have you're sitting in your living room with 600 rolls of po- toilet paper, a bunch of bottled water, some disinfected wipes that you never lo- use in your life, and a fucking bazooka. What are you gonna do with all that shit? What are you gonna do know. with it? We gotta ask Royce. You gotta text Royce and be like, "Yo, now that you're reformed and you know older and wiser, what the fuck did you do with your bazooka? Like, how do you dispose wild. of a bazooka? We that clearly know you had it." Video. Yeah, like, you were just sitting there with a bazooka. So, I don't know. People are just fucking wilding out. People, again, I'm all for it. People have guns. I have friends who have guns. I have friends who go and shoot guns and all that stuff. Cool. At least I'm comforted by them knowing how to shoot a gun, put shit together. Everything's cool beans. Honestly, if you've never shot a gun in your life, like, I never shot a gun in my life. I was caught in a, a brief shootout in the middle of a park growing up during a basketball tournament over the summer in New York, got grazed by a bullet. I don't fuck with guns. Like, it's not cool being shot, so I will not shoot someone else. It's just not my thing. I never shot a gun in my life. I never did it for fun. No, none of that. So people advising me currently, like, yo, you should maybe go pick up a gun. What the fuck am I going to do with a gun? I have no clue how to... This isn't Resident Evil. This isn't Call of Duty. I can't go and get a plasma gun from Halo. Charge that shit up and hit somebody in the grill with it. Like, I, I don't know how to use these things. What good is that going to do me? I, so, I if if all shit hits the fan, and it's my time to go, it's my time to go. But I'm not buying a gun, because if it doesn't hit the fan in eight weeks, what the fuck am I going to do with this gun? I mean, okay. So, I fired guns before. I'm on, I'm okay, shot. Who Many cares? people have. Yeah. I don't own a gun. And I always refer to Gordon Parks. There's a story in Gordon Parks. Can't remember what book it was. God, I've read all of his books. But anyway, a story about Gordon Parks when he bought a gun. And he was told to buy a gun. And he bought a gun and never had used it before. And the, the way he figured out that maybe I shouldn't have bought this gun is he heard a noise outside one night. And he ran and got his gun. And he ran downstairs. And it was like his neighbor like had tripped over like a bush or something. And he almost shot his neighbor. He, I think he shot the gun and missed him. And then he was like... I don't need this fucking gun because what guns make a lot of people do is act irrationally because otherwise you just like shooting random people because you're just scared. It's not like you're yeah. going out there and saying, oh, I got a gun. I got a, I got an intended target that I'm going to hit. Like my wife talks about getting a gun. We went to a shooting range one time. She shot everything but the target. I mean, <laughs> she shot the baby that the, the, the target was holding. She shot the back of the, the damn place. She shot everything but the target. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, somebody comes in our house, you might shoot any, like everything, like but the target, and then you get shot because. <laughs> and that target wasn't people, even moving. Exactly, like that target. It was just one of the things that moved back and forth. And when the thing came, you know, like when you're done shooting at the gun range, they bring the thing up front to you, and you like see what you hit. And I was like, wow, you hit nothing. And then I looked at like the baby that she was holding, like mad bullets in the baby's head. I was like, oh my god, like you don't need a gun. <laughs> so. All it does is induce fear out of people. And I, and a lot of the times when people do have guns, and I've known this, like, I've been held up at gunpoint. I've been robbed at gunpoint before. And most people that rob people at gunpoint aren't really prepared to use that gun. They just use no. it as a scare tactic. And you got two people with guns, and everybody's just shooting everybody. And I know somebody's going to argue with me about this, but like, well, you should have it to protect yourself. If you don't know how to shoot it, it doesn't fucking matter. That's it's my not. case. Like, I, cool for everybody who knows how to shoot a gun. Uh, no problem, Rambo. More power to you. When I had my two roommates, like uh, the godfather of my kids and all that stuff, we lived together when I was newly divorced. And uh, our other roommate both had guns. In the crib, you know, um, like my kid's godparent, um, like ex-military. So he was in the Marines and shit. He has guns. He'd clean them. He'd still go shooting, all this shit. I was like, yo, but my room was the first one into the door. I was like, yo, if you guys hear someone trying to rob us, we lived kind of in the hood in Vegas at that time because we were broke. And we were just like, yo, as long as you guys got me, you better get to them before they get to me. And they're like, yeah, ha, ha, you, you need to get a gun. Nah, I'm good because I ain't going to do shit but shoot one of y'all. Like, I'm just not built that way. Like, the paranoia of it, like, would, would kill me. Like, I'm good. I've managed 31 years on Earth without getting shot. And I've been in some shitty situations. So, I think I'm all right. I think I'm okay. I might get a bow and arrow, you know, just for the fuck of it. Like, if we're just making stuff crazy, like, if it's something I've never used before, fuck it, let me challenge myself. I got nothing but time. I can learn how to do archery. And I just walk around here like fucking Legolas, just with a the, with the quiver. Just taking out arrows, mad nice with it. So that might be my challenge, bow and arrow. You know, the other thing is the last thing about guns that we can start talking about some music. Because if you're tuning in for like a combat sports podcast this week, where we talk this about this ain't the day. Some, this ain't it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the other thing is like I've talked to people with guns, and a lot of people who have guns with kids, or people who have guns with small children in the house, they lock their guns away in yeah. like gun cabinets and things like that. Sometimes. When shit happens, the robber's not going to wait for you to go get your gun. You just fucked. It's kind of the way it is. Like, I like so I like I had a friend who had like his gun cabinet was like in the other room of the house, and it was like all the way down the hall. And I'm like, yo, it's a, it's a combination lock or a key lock. He was like, it's a key lock. Where's the key? The key's over there. I was like, oh okay. So somebody breaks into your house in the middle of the night, and he's standing in between you and your gun closet. You're fucked. That gun did you no good. None. So it's like the and I it's, uh, again some people they have better you know better means to do this. He just bought a gun, and put it in the gun cabinet. You know he didn't like really learn how to shoot or anything like that. It's like this does you no good. You need to know what you're doing with this gun when you get it. And again, motherfucker coming over my house steal some toilet paper, bruh. There you go. <laughs> you can have it, my man. You Listen, can have like, it. You need a bottle of water? Okay. Like, I know. Look, I, I've lived in like I've been robbed. Like I've had my apartment burglarized. I'm not speaking this on a fucking high mountain where I've never dealt with this shit. I'm just saying, this particular situation that we're living in right now, just stop talking about buying guns and doing crazy shit. It's been like three days. Like, since, you know, the CDC's really stepped in and done something, calm down. Let it play out. Just don't go outside. And for what it's worth, everyone who's like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, I'm buying a gun, cool, power to you. If we don't use it, even better. I'm wishing that we don't. But I've known a lot of people who've robbed houses, not to incriminate myself for them. I didn't do it. I just know people in life. And uh, they, they made a career early on in our lives when we were young adults to run up in people's spots and steal shit. The number one stuff they stole, guns. So even if you're not using your gun and you just got a couple around the house, if someone breaks into your home when you're not there, because breaking in middle of the night, FYI, isn't what most robbers do. That shit's not smart. They try to break in when people aren't there. So, nonetheless, they broke in, always stole the guns. Every time, every time, every time. So there's a better chance of someone else stealing your gun, getting sold, and someone then robbing you with your own damn gun than it is of you actually shooting someone that is robbing you. 
there goes my little moral of the story for those who are stocking up on guns like they're stocking up on toilet paper and water. You're probably not going to use any of that shit. You'll still end up drinking tap water. All right, real quick, we got to take a break from the show to let you know with currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. You'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. So if you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. So, now that we're past that, we're here to talk about music, Dre. And getting back to our music stuff, and this gave, I kind of got the idea of, you know what, let's do a whole music show. Because people forgot who the hell you were. <laughs> like, Roy Jones status, they must have forgot. I saw on your Twitter... And we'll dive into the album itself a little later, but Jay Electronica released an album, and you made a comment of, you know, rappers over 40 were still doing their thing. And someone had the nerve, I don't even know who it was, because you're a kind man, you didn't even drop the at on it. But someone had the nerve to tell you that Jay Electronica is the exception and that rappers over 40 aren't doing it. This is, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, for those new to the show, because we're on the Blue Wire Network, before I started covering combat sports, I spent 10 years in the music industry, writing for Billboard, the, well, I still do a lot of that stuff now, but Hip Hop DX, I was editor-in-chief, and Hip Hop Site, and BT.com and Jay-Z's Life and Times, and The Source, and XXL, blah, 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 blah. I did all that. And now, a lot of people, new followers on my timeline, and new people that are new to the podcast, may know me as this combat sports guy. And a guy who occasionally says some wild shit on the Twitters that pisses people off. But no, I'm deeply rooted in this in this, this hip-hop game. This is what made me. And uh, I posted that Jay Electronica dropped his debut album at 43, and you can't tell me that there's an expiration date on dopeness. For whatever reason, people thought, they're like, well, the album's not that dope. And he's an exception and not the rule. Ah, debut album at 43. Don't inspire people to do that. It's not my fucking point, people. The point is, is if you're dope, you're dope. That's it. Doesn't matter how old you are. Like, guys who write movies, like Stephen King is old as fuck and still writes movies. Nobody's like, man, you're too old to write that script. Nobody told, like, Steven Tyler and Aerosmith, like, he's still selling our shows. Like, people are still going to see Metallica. Hip-hop is the only culture that really does this shit. And the fact that Jay Electronica and Jay-Z on this album with a total combined weight and age of 93 years old. 93. 93. Jay-Z's 50, people. 50. Half a century. He was born in 70. He's Damn, old. that's great. He's my mama's age. So, but I'm saying, and bars are bars. Period. Like, that's it. If you're, like... And then when somebody said that he's the exception and not the rule, then I'm like, dog, 2 chains is 42. Royce 5'9 is 43. Eminem is 46 or 47. Jay is 50. Uh, if you want to go De La Soul, they're in there. They're 49 through 51. Black Every Thoughts. member of the locks is over 40. Yeah, Black Thoughts, 46. Like, the albums that dropped this year that people are talking yeah, of course, yeah, you're talking about Little Baby and all that shit. Jay the Kiss, Royce the 5'9. Um, uh, Eminem. Um, I'm missing some. Both members of Run the Jewels. Yeah, album soon like, come. Like all these albums that are dropping, these guys are over forty, and they're still delivering. And ageism in hip hop is fucking whack. And I say this because I've been in this game for years, and I said it in a previous show. We're at the age like there is hip hop for everybody. And hip-hop is dope. Like, if, if you fuck with Lil Baby and you don't fuck with Jay-Z, cool. But don't tell me somebody's too old to rap. It's false. It's not true. 
50-year-old rappers like Jay-Z don't come on stage and go, the hip, the hip, it doesn't happen. Busta Rhymes <laughs> is still killing verses. He's closing in on 50. If you want to use a, a rapper who a lot of the uh, under 30 crowd likes, 2 Chains is 42, people. 42 years old. His career didn't really take off until his mid-30s. He can rap. That, well, I, don't, I don't understand this. It's not the exception. This is the rule. Rappers are old and young and middle-aged and everything in between. If you're dope, you're dope. Maybe your life experiences are different. Like Fonte raps about different things in his life now, post-40. And as you, when you're younger, you may not rap about those same things because you haven't experienced them yet. Cool. That means I like this rapper who raps about shit that I can relate to. And you may rap like the guy who raps about drug culture because you like to do some molly. We're different people, but it exists. And yeah, man, I th I, again, people think, forget who I am and think I'm just speaking out the side of my neck. I think I need to get back in this rap game, bro. I think I need to start covering this shit again. Oh, the older man is back. <laughs> no, I, I like it, man. I knew it was going to get you all, uh, all riled up. But yeah, that's ridiculous, right? To me, some of my favorite rappers currently are over the age of 40. We talked about Royster 5'9 a week ago. He's gotten better post 40. There's Eminem dropped the album. A lot of people thought it was his best album in a long time. Probably his best album since he was 30. 33. Like, he went on a crazy hiatus. It's probably his best since then. You just named out a ton of rappers. And then I say that to say this. If you had to, if we did a split, a complete divide, you named some of the best rappers over 40 just now, right? We do a complete divide right down the middle. Rappers over 40, rappers under 40. Which group is better right now? Oh, that's 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 hard. Because you know, the under 40 group is... Cause, well, because it's like a 40 group, there's a 30 group, and there's a 20 group. And even 40, like some guys I didn't mention, like Nas. So we're 40. Um, but it depends. It depends on the audience. Like Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick are in the 30s. Like that's where those guys sit. And, you know, and for some people, like some kids, don't they, they look at Kendrick and Drake as old, I guess. I don't know. Like, because they're, they're, like, my nephew is 14, and all he listens to is, like, Lil Baby and shit like that. And the Baby. That's all he listens to. Like, Jay-Z, he does not listen to Jay-Z. That's Beyonce's husband. Straight up. That's what he said to me. I was like, oh, okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I just think there's enough room for everybody and for people to keep pitting these groups against each other is stupid. Listen to what you want to listen to. So one of the things, because the reason why I said I want to get back in the game is that even though I've been doing it like periodically, like you'll see me write something for like Genius or Billboard, and then I'll just go back to my combat sports stuff. Not to say I'm leaving combat sports. It's not happening. But when I first got in the music game, when I was in my 20s, in my early 20s, I was like, I, I couldn't see what the 30s and the 40s looked like. I just couldn't see it. It's like a fighter. Like Ryan Garcia, oh, I can't, you know, I'm a retired 26. Or it's like a basketball player, oh, man, 32. I don't want to be playing basketball when I'm 35. Then LeBron happens, and then you realize, oh, shit, people can play these games much longer. I did the same in music. I got in here, and I was like, man, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be, like, in my late 40s. Like, I used to look at Elliot Wilson. I was like, man, I don't know how he does it. He still talks to these young rappers. He, like, Elliot's, like, 50. But what I realized is when you get older, so do the rappers that you love. And a lot of them don't go away. Some do. But a lot of them are still here. And they still have stories to tell. And who am I to allow some 22-year-old guy, white dude from the Burbs, to talk about Royce Five Down in his career? I shouldn't let that happen. My responsibility as a journalist and as a writer who has been here and seen these guys and has kind of grown up with a lot of them and have covered them and cover stories and spent time with them, I should be telling their stories. Not some snot notes kid from fucking Brentworth that's one of, that wants to comment on uh, old rappers. Like I don't need that shit. So now it's my responsibility to get back into the game to bring that voice back because there's an audience of listeners that are my age and like the music that I like that need journalism for themselves as well. So that's the reason why I'm getting back into this shit because I'm like, I left it alone. I just I started reading shit and I was like, ew, 
Like, I was just, li- like, looking at these terrible writers talk about certain rappers, and, ugh. It's like, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> talk about that shit. Like, you're not, you're not good enough. You haven't been around enough to talk about these guys. And at the same token, you won't catch me interviewing Little Baby. Unless it's about some shit that's not music. Because if I'm not into your music, I'm not going to interview you. There's no point. I, I never will. You're not going to get the best out of them. No, at all. But I, I will never understand that shit with some people. Because people get mad at me. It's like, you're not going to interview such such. No. Why? Because the interview's going to suck. The, my style is much bigger than just the music. I always talk to artists about everything. Like, if anybody saw my Pitchfork interview with Royce about alcoholism and how it destroyed his life. And we got real deep in the weeds about how he was cheating on his wife and all that shit. That's the stuff I like to do. I don't give a shit about what Little Baby or the Baby or any of these guys are doing right now. And if I don't care, you will be able to tell in my interview. And somebody's going to go, well, you should be good enough professional to mask that. No, fuck that. There's enough rappers in the world that I can interview who I want. Especially now with where I'm at in my career, I do what I want. That may sound a little arrogant. But no, fuck that. I paid my dues. So, I, I, like, nobody's going to tell me I have to interview anybody. The people that come to me say, you should probably write about this because this is good for you. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, yes, if you have ever enjoyed my work in hip-hop, yeah, you'll see it a lot more often. It's coming back. I can't I can't leave the game alone. It needs me. <laughs> it's never too late for a comeback, Dre. So, if we're splitting age, it's tough because under 40, Lupe Fiasco's 38 years old. I would have to count him in the over 40 crew, though. <laughs> then you have to go over 35. Nah, he's an old head. Over 35 is too, too crazy. He's just an old head. He got an old soul. So if we had to make a trade, they they could have two chains. He raps like a young, you know, the young kids rap like him still. They could take Juicy J, too. We need Lupe over 40. Um, so, But Common is 48. Twister is 46. Most Def is 46. Pusha T is 42. Damn, I almost forgot about Push. Push is old. Not, not like 42 is old, but like, you know, for like rapper age, he didn't hit his solo stride until 33. I, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, there's so many guys that if you didn't know their age, you wouldn't care because you'd like to, like Pusha put out an album that I think everybody likes. And then somebody says, hey, Pusha's 42. I don't see anybody going, ooh, he's 42. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> no, it's still dope. Common is 48 years old, guys. 48. First of all, I need to drink out of the same water fountain that that man is drinking out of because he looks great for 48. But oh, then, yeah. like, he still got bars. Even though the music ain't what it was. See, what I think happens is a lot of those guys, as you get older, some guys, it's not an ageism thing. It's just run out of shit to talk about. And when you run out of shit to talk about, it happens in your music. But that's not necessarily an age thing. It just comes to the point where, like, somebody like Eminem, kind of ran out of shit to talk about. So that's why we got those kind of crappy albums in between. But if, if you find ways to talk about things, you're always relevant. And because you can't tell me, on the flip side of this, Nas is 17, right, Nomadic. He was he bodies people that were like 30 with that yeah. content. So was, the age thing, I don't know. Like the, I can't split the age thing. Like Redman. Redman will rap circles around some of these kids. But again, it's a matter of taste and what you like in your hip-hop. I could be arbitrary and say 40 plus is way better. By the way, did you know Yellow Wolf was 40? But yes, I had no clue. I yeah. I had no clue he was that old. But, I mean, the game is 40 now. Gucci Damn. is 40. The game is 40? The game is 40. 40 years old on the dot. I mean, you know what? Gucci I Mane can't... is 40. Um, it's, it's, it is 2020. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, Young Dro is 40. He's old as shit. Trina's Yo, just 41. All, all y'all worship Kanye West. The motherfucker's like 42 or 43. 42. Jeezy's 42. Ludacris, 42. Fabulous, 42. Push, 42. Like, come on. Come on. We even mentioned Outkast. Yeah. Bun Jim Beach, Jones, Starface. 43. Jay Electronica, 43, of course, which we'll get more into Jay Electronica here. I don't care about Bubba Sparks. Sheik and Styles P, 43. 50 Cent is 44. Cameron, 44. 3K, 44. Jada, 44. Oh, come on, man. It's not even close. Killer Mike, 44. That's what I'm saying, guys. What do the young kids have? Talib, yeah. Young kids ain't got... 
young kids got Cole, Drake, Kendrick. And the funny thing is, a lot of the young maybe kids Big don't Sean. Really, they, a lot, yeah, Big Sean probably. A lot of the young kids don't. The young kids don't even like mess with Kendrick like that because that material, for the most part, to them. Uh, I don't even want to say it's like too dense, like lyrically dense, because that's like Lupe Fiasco is like lyrically dense. But yeah, when I was in my, you know, when I was in my early twenties, like I like lyrically dense music. So it's not, it's just a matter of taste, man. It's a matter of taste, and whatever suits your need for whatever you're listening to. Because dude, there is no R and B singer right now that I'm like checking for their age. Like if you if you make dope music, you just make dope music. That's kind of it. But R and B can moves. always be older, right? Like, well, yeah, singers were always ageless. Well, because you it existed longer. That's always been the case. Like hip hop hadn't existed long enough for there to be old rappers. It was still relatively new. So it's like now again, now that you have grandparents that grew up on hip hop, yes, you're gonna have grandparents that rap, and it sounds ridiculous initially. But if they're dope, then you go, well, shit. What am I gonna do now? Dude, I don't know if anybody saw this. I'm not on TikTok because I just ain't got time for that shit. But I saw a TikTok <laughs> video of Erica Badu's kids. Holy shit. The one that looks like Three Stacks looks just like Andre 3000. But he's like Are 18. they wildly talented? Oh, no. They're grown-ass people. Yet. It, they're adults. They're grown. Imagine being a kid. Like It's always got to be troubling because Michael Jordan's kids... Maybe now can beat him in a game of one on one, but no, <laughs> no. Nah. Maybe, maybe I'm just saying I'm using this as a as example. Yeah, probably not. I got you. But I'm saying when they get old, they probably can't move like they used to, so it's a little bit harder for them. But ain't Andre 3000's kid is not gonna rap better than Andre 3000. You're just gonna have to deal with that shit for the rest of your natural born life. Jay Z's yeah. kids don't matter. They ain't never gonna rap like Jay Z. No. They're gonna have to live with that for the like if he's like, Dad, yeah. I wanna battle you. Jay Z would be seventy years old with Sir and just wrap circles around his kid. Yo, fifty years old plus might be better than thirty. <laughs> if you take Lupe out of it. Like, there's some there's some spinners fifty plus. E forty's fifty three. Yo, E forty created Jay is fifty. L- listen. Master Ace. If Jay is the GOAT and he's fifty and it's we're gonna talk about the sound, but Man, Jay is still here. Still here, dropping potent ass bars. And some people will say he's whack, and I'm just like, okay. What do you like then? Because, goddamn, you've never liked the Jay Z song? Okay. At a certain point, yeah, it's just. Like, you, you it's, lying. It's a, yeah, it's just a bias at a certain point. It's just like, you just don't like that person. Which is fine, whatever. That's your thing, but it's hard to be whack. Like, to me, Nelly was whack as a rapper. Waka Flocka was a whack rapper. Doesn't mean they didn't make music that people liked. But it Nelly was skills. whack? Nelly was whack as fuck. I don't know. Nelly had some bars. The first album? Come on. Did he? Give me yeah. one. There's some shit Nelly had. I can't Give come off the dome with a Nelly bar. Can, like he done gotten a... Look, hip-hop is all about reciting lyrics, because that's what we do. If you can't give me a bar that you're not embarrassed to recite from Nelly... He's a whack rapper. He didn't make bad music. I'm just talking about the skills. If you put like country the grammar, not... one battle. Country really, rapping. I mean that's uh, rap. I mean, Bars? compared to today, this take... motherfucker is a, a wordsmith. Well, I'm just saying, like if you if you cut off the music and Nelly was in a just rapping, you'd be entertained by that shit. Nah, there's worse rappers. No, he was a D4L. Like you just said it, like. Damn, he's whack. He was a whack rapper. Like he was, he was, but he made good music to a certain group of people. I didn't really fuck with the shit, but he, as a like Waka Flocka, not a good rapper. Made good songs. There's a lot of terrible singers that make good songs. Jennifer Lopez is an awful singer, but she made some songs that people liked. Yeah, and so took yeah, most that, of them for Ashanti, but it's all right. Hey. That's how the shit works. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, no, yeah, I can't find, like, a super lyrical-ass Nelly song. No, th- it doesn't exist. But that's that wasn't his that wasn't his jam. That's just not what he did, and that's cool. But Nelly will never be on anybody's top 10 list, top 20, 30. He won't. No, never. I mean, dude. No, no, no. Some of the... 
Anyway, I mean, it, it gets really difficult because you start talking about like the greatest rappers, like guys who never really got their due, like Pharrell Monch. Who's rapping better than Pharrell Monch? A lot of people don't like Pharrell Monch. I've heard. For what? he wasn't the cup of tea for a lot. I don't. I don't know. But we'll talk about it when we get to Jay Electronica. A lot of people like just he wasn't the cup of tea. You must not but like he, Pharrell Monch. No, I, I like Pharrell Monch. Like oh. I wasn't like a super hard core like fan like he wasn't my favorite of that like genre but i always i always fucked with feral munch but i i liked a lot of that like i was kind of in hip-hop circles like especially being in new york and it was the mixtape era and all that shit like i liked all of that but i was also the one where people like yo get the fuck out of here like no that person is not dope to this day my dad said shit like that like backpack hip-hop don't don't bring most deaf and Talib in a conversation with my pops. Like he's super New York, like and they are New York, but they're like New York people weren't fucking with them like that at the time. Not, like it, it was the backpack rap era, and people didn't really. Rock yeah, he with doesn't that fuck stuff. with like none of that. Like um, I liked MF Doom. All fuckers in New York weren't listening to MF Doom. They're like, oh, that's that Vegas shit. That's why you were like, anything I did outside of status quo, they're like, oh, you got that shit from Vegas. I was like, no, this motherfucker's it's dope. wow, because like, a lot, yeah, Doom has always been dope. And, but that's what, my whole point is, it's a matter of taste, not age. Once you start putting age in front of a rapper and you don't like him because of his age, you've just limited the shit that you like. It's I feel stupid. like MF Doom is also over 40, just for context oh, in this conversation. Shit. I'm pretty sure MF Doom's 50. KMD? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KMD days? Come on. MF Doom is old as shit. Yeah, so just, you know, just LP is 46, which is incredible. I thought he was, like, younger. Nah. Like, there's some ages on here. LP 46? Yeah, they all came up in like the 2000s, the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s when a lot of those guys arrived. Like Slug from Atmospheres, I believe, like 45, 46. They all came up, like when the boom of the backpack rap came up, a lot of those guys were just getting in the game. And then you look at it, it's 20 fucking years ago. 20. Yeah, so I guess if you were 26 in the boom, you're you're 46 now. So, yeah. like you know I, what I'm saying? I, like, you, that, you know. that, that fits. One thing that... Um, to kind of dodge out of the traditional hip-hop talk before we get into Jay Electronica. One thing that made me feel old, talking about, like, ages and dates, was the other day Jamel Hill sent out this tweet, and I was like, yo, this is fucking wild. House party turned 30. 30. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck it, we're old. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that was yesterday. Granted, I'm 31 years old. But... Nonetheless, I feel like I saw House Party my entire life. And House Party was always a staple for me. I probably saw it for the first time when I was like five. So I've always known of House Party and I've watched it damn near every year since that. And it's crazy to think that was 30 years ago because Jamel Hill put like uh, the perfect spot on it. She was like, everyone growing up, if you were like black around that time, wanted to throw a party like you saw in House Party. Mm hmm. Did you ever get to throw a party like that? Mm -mm. No. My house parties consisted of liquor, dominoes, spades, video games, and people. It was never. Oh, you had kickbacks. Yeah, my mine's were always kickbacks. Like that's anybody that knew me. Like my house was the spot. Like you came and you knew everybody was going to be there. Nobody disrespected my pop shit. We played NBA Live. Uh, people would drink a liquor even at a young age. Uh, and you hook up because you know the girls are going to be there because we always get like we banned certain dudes from the crib that were haters like that's that was our shit but we didn't dance at my house my pops was like shoes off in the crib so there was no dancing um we went to teenage clubs where we danced and like me and my boy that i came up with we used to have dance battles like kid and play because he was dark and i was light and we just thought it was the best shit in the world <laughs> that was about as close as it got that was about I close. feel like you have to have that that contrast if you're a dance crew. Like one guy got to be dark skin, one guy got to be light skin. I don't know why, yeah. it just has to happen. And it just immediately happens. Like, oh, kid and play. No, but yep. all right. <laughs> like you just got to live. Crisscross. With it. It's just it's just the natural way it happened. Yeah. P Peter Guns, Lord Tariq. I feel no. like there's a lot of pairings of a light skin guy, dark skin dude. 
Yeah, but no, I, I never yeah. had to throw a party like that. I've always wanted to throw a party like that because that was, dude, the the house that was like the staple house party one, like that house yep. party was like amazing. I threw house parties all throughout high school, and I want to say I got dangerously close to throwing one like that. Like, I probably the craziest party in I, like junior senior year I threw a lot, but my senior year towards the end threw a party. And I was like, yo, it's like we got two months left in school. I was like, fuck it, we got to go big. And got a babysitter for my daughter. So I was like, yo, we can really go big. Um, so my daughter wasn't at the crib. Yes, I had a kid already. So <laughs> senior year, my daughter, I remember she was like probably like four or five months. So finally got like my ex-wife's mom to watch her over the night we had the whole crib my mom went god knows where i think she was scouting uh places to go and live in china because she had bounced like two months after that so she was gone for like a week and a half and i remember like fuck it we're throwing this party we went to first off we went around school and we had like the 7-eleven cups and we wrote donations on the side and we took it class to class it was like three of us Kind of like the whole football team helped out a little bit, but it was like three of us taking these donation cups, class to class. And I was like, yo, there's going to be a party at my crib. We're throwing it. We're looking for money to help fund this party. We're trying to make this shit crazy for liquor, for everything. We're, we need donations. It's a week and a half away. And people, without invite to this party, people were putting money in our cups. Every day to the point we had to go to our lockers and empty out. The cups two or three times a day because people were putting money in these cups. By the time the party came two days before the party, that Thursday, when we counted everything up, we had $760 you done well. off of straight walk, like just asking people in school. So we had 760 I remember um, my mom's crib had to be fucking, what, 800 square feet. I've had hotel rooms bigger at this point in my life. Like it was like 800 square feet, but it was somehow three bedrooms, one bathroom. Mm. And set it up so like one of the small, like our small office bedroom was the bar area. We put up like, my mom had this bar from the living room, put it up there. One of my boys bartended all night. We bought $300 in all hard liquor. Put that shit back there. It went a long way. We didn't buy great stuff, but we drank a lot of Everclear back then anyway. Yeah. Stocked the bar back there. Had another room, which was my room, with its own sound system. I put, like, a red light in instead. Bought a stripper pole for $70 from Spencer. Put that shit up in there. Had nothing but slow jams and R&B playing in that room. Stripper pole. My mom's room was closed off because that's where me and the kid's mom were going to sleep at the end of the night and whoever spent the night. And then the rest of the house, which wasn't very big, living room and dining room area in the hallway was all regular crazy party music, people dancing. Bought two kegs of Natty Ice for the people who drank beer back then. Not many. Two kegs of Natty Ice. Total was $37 for the two kegs of Natty Ice. But that was so we could play drinking games and shit. And I think I ended up spending $300. Put out a flyer. It was a lingerie party. I don't know how I did get expelled. Uh, it was a, a lingerie party. No lie. It's still... People I know, good friends, still have pictures from that night on their Facebook. A lingerie and pajama party. Pass it out. It was people from Rancho, Valley High School, uh, Candy Springs High School, Desert Pines High School. So, like, the four high schools in our, like, little area. Uh, for people who listen, you guys know Andreas went to Valley High School. So, it was like a four high school tri uh, quad that came to this party. I ended up in a 800-square-foot house. With, I want to say, 250, 300 people. Shit poured into the driveway, into the backyard, into the street. And where my mom lived at that time, it was like predominantly Mexican neighborhood. So no one called the cops. They throw their own parties all the fucking time too. But just the nature of the neighborhood, like wild shit was going down in the neighborhood. So no one was calling the police. So we'd be underage, get fucked up drunk. I remember at one point, someone was doing like a thiz face and ghost riding the whip in front of my crib down the street. Like, they just let their fucking uh, SUV go down the street and they're outside the car, like, dancing and shit. Um, this one girl called her, like, Blood's boyfriends to come in and beat this guy's ass. And we had to hide the guy in the closet. 
the bloods were like trying to come through the house like yo we know she said he was, I was like yo he left like as soon as they fought they argued he left he bounced and they were like trying to get into different rooms I was like yo this is just my mom's room what the fuck they couldn't find him they bounced the kid comes out of the closet like fuck it party back on party it was nuts girls literally showed up in lingerie like corsets were big so corsets the little uh boy shorts and just on the stripper pole taking pictures dancing to i'm pretty sure what had to be uh chris brown and pretty ricky mix on loop that was going on in that room and yeah it was just fucking nuts and the party had it was from eight to like four in the morning 250 people kappas came through and did a full-on fucking step in my driveway it was just bonkers and i was like yeah this is it i don't think i do another party after that you i was like oh, i'm good I was like, yo, I'm good. I was like, women showed up in lingerie and someone almost got the ass whooped. Everyone was drunk. Yeah, I'm good. My boy was a bartender. He wrestled. He uh, wore ashless chaps. That's one thing that sticks out to me. He was a bartender. He, he bought chaps, cut out the back ass of his pants so he looked like Prince and wore assless chaps all night and served people in assless chaps. Can't do that now with coronavirus. Um... Yeah, no, it's wild shit, man. But now that I look back on it, it was like half house party, half Project X, which is really just gentrified house party. So, yeah, that's that's as close as I've come. But to say that, I say that to say this, that I was inspired by house party to the point where I had to throw one of those epic fucking parties. And thankfully, my mom didn't come home. No one caught me. Um... But it's just one of those scenarios where it's like, yo, I, I feel like I lived in high school now because I threw one of those house party things. And for the record, I can't dance. So there was no dancing for me at my party either. <laughs> uh, you win. No, I don't know I, how to dance. Yeah. You were the opposite. You danced every fucking way. I can't dance at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, no story time with Andreas today. You fucking win <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, man. It, yeah. To this, to this day. People got pictures in lingerie. I was like, how the fuck do you have a bunch of 17-year-olds from multiple schools just in lingerie? And we had MySpace at the time. People made that shit. Their profile pictures, stuff was up there. I was like, I don't know how adults are just like, yeah, all right, cool. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wild shit, man. Only in Vegas. When we oh, tell people, like, yo, if, if you go to high school in Vegas, you got a whole different set, whole different set of rules. So that was my uh, house party, high school throwing experience. But it makes me feel old now to know my inspiration is 30 years old. Seems like yesterday. Um, yeah, to wrap up the show, we got to dive into what we came here to talk about. And that's the Jay Electronica album. I will start with this. Off rip, you are higher on this album than me. Mm -hmm. And listening to this album, I really just recognized... I'm probably never going to be a Jay Electronica fan. I I respect the album. I thought the album was good. I It just left me saying, I want a Jay-Z album. Like, yeah, Electronica has bars, which I'm sure you'll tell me about here in a second. And it was dope songs, and the production was great. And I was just like, I, I really could have just used this as an entire Jay-Z album. Like, Electronica just doesn't do it for me like my frankie edgar quote earlier in this podcast if you guys have been with us for five years just doesn't do it for me and i i i don't think it's gonna have it i don't think it's gonna turn something about his voice it just sounds sleepy and lazy i didn't like exhibit what exhibit c or whatever i didn't like none of that shit like i i just i can't say i didn't like it just it didn't move me like it moved the culture. And this album, too, like, I don't like it as much as Royce's album. It's a lot of Jay-Z on it, so I can listen to it. But I'm really just listening to Jay, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, I, why did you like it so much? Why Why isn't it making me have an attachment? I can't I can't put my finger on it. Um, well, I'll start with this. If you didn't like, if it, Exhibit C wasn't your jam, this album was never going to be your jam. Ever. That's like that's the height of Jay Electronica. Then, like, I w yeah, like when Exhibit C dropped, the industry, the bottom fell out that shit, because people had heard of Jay Electronica, but between Just Blaze's production and the bars on that shit, 
if you weren't going to be a fan then, you were never going to be a fan. There's, there's just certain, certain moments where you realize, I'm never going to be really a fan of this guy's work. And if you weren't a fan of Exhibit C, it's, I don't think it was ever going to get better for you. So, I, I enjoyed the shit out the album. For one, I've always thought Jay was dope. Is Jay one of my favorite rappers? No. I've always just thought he was really dope. And uh, when, you know, the fact that we finally got this album, I was like, oh, wow. This is is here. And then the fact that it had Jay-Z on eight songs, I was like, oh, wow. This is dope. And then the fact that Jay-Z was spitting, yeah, I was on that. And then Jay had bars. But, it, it again, goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. It's a matter of taste. If that wasn't your groove, if Exhibit C wasn't your groove, this whole album was a whole lot of Jay Electronica revisiting like a lot of stuff from Exhibit C. The themes, the Muslim themes, um, the way he rhymes is always going to be the way he rhymes. It's just going to be who he is. I fuck with it. I'm not necessarily mad at you for not liking the album. This is not like you didn't tell me you didn't have any replay value. Like a certain album that, that we <laughs> that just celebrated its five year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original hot take of hot takes. The original. Um, no, I I mean, I'm not sure how much I'm going to listen back to it. But again, we're not debating if it's a classic or not. No. Like, I, I give Kendrick credit. Like, to, Pinta, to Pimp a Butterfly is a very good album. Now, if we're talking about classic territory, then I can give my, my hot takes on why it's not a classic. Um, this one's not even in the realm of, yo, this is a classic. It was, it was a good album. I just... I, I don't feel like it was a special album. And if people wait that long for your debut album, should you really fill it with J verses? Yes. Like, should. Like, why? It still doesn't feel like your album. That's like dropping The Dynasty as your first. Like, it's a compilation. Well, like, this. This is a tandem album. This is Watch the Throne. This ain't your first single album. Yeah, but that's kind of why this happened. Look. Jay Electronica is an anomaly. We've, uh, for the life of me, I was racking my brain about this. We've never had an artist take damn near a decade to drop his first album. An actual body of work. Like, we've had artists that end up in groups. You've artists that drop mixtapes. You've never seen an artist take a decade to drop an album. But Jay Electronica is just a weird kind of guy. Fun fact. I will tell a story. Um, When I worked at BET... It was around the time when Exhibit C came out, I believe. Right around there. And I went to... There was a conference called the One Stop Shop Conference. And I met Just Blaze. And we hung out for a few days. Me, Just Blaze, DJ Green Lantern. Can't remember who else was there. And Just Blaze started telling us stories that I cannot repeat. Um, <laughs> Just Blaze? Oh, boy. Yeah. And this is right when Just Blaze had lost weight, cut his hair, and all that shit. And uh, Just Blaze had told me... I don't remember if he told me about Jay... I don't remember how this shit happened. But I ended up getting... Like, learning like about Jay Electronica and learning things about Jay Electronica. And afterward, not too much time had passed. And I'm trying to remember the order of how this shit happened. It won't matter because Jay's never going to corroborate the story because he doesn't talk about this stuff. But <laughs> Jay Electronica somehow got my AIM screen name. This is how far back we're going. AOL Instant Messenger. I can't remember if I got it from Just Blaze or I don't know how it happened. But I got Jay Electronica's info. And he aimed me. Yo, what up? This is Jay. And his, his AIM screen name was like Electronic Wasala or some shit like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. But when it popped up, I was like, who the fuck is this? He was like, it's Jay Electronic. I'm like, yeah, right. But it was him. And we talked. I was like, yo. I work at BET. He was like, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I want to do an interview with you. He's like, I don't do interviews. I was like, okay, bet. He doesn't do interviews. And so I asked him about his music. And he's like, yeah, me and Blaze are working on something, which never came out. And uh, then he just kind of like disappears, right, for like several months. I'm at home one day, and Mr. Porter calls me. Me and Denon were cool from One Stop Shop. Like, it was a big producer showcase. And Denon calls me one day. Now, Denon never calls me. He would only AOL Instant Messenger me. Which is like text message conversations now. Like, I don't call anybody. I have text relationships with people. When I see you, cool. Just don't call me. Then I was one of those people. He, he, he actually aimed me. He was like, can I call you? And I'm like, why? Right? And I was like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, give me a shout. He calls me. He's playing some shit in the background. 
I hear Jay Electronica's voice. I was like, oh shit, you're producer for shit, Jay Electronica. This is like 2012, maybe, at this time? 11? I'm like, yo, you produce some Jay Electronica stuff? Yeah. Um, hold on. Puts me on hold. I hear the phone fumbling around. Andreas. Who the fuck is this? It's Jay. Jay Electronica is now on my phone. I haven't heard from him in like two or three years. <laughs> And he's like, yo, what up? It's been a minute. Peace, God, blah, blah, blah. He's like, give me the whole Muslim rundown. I'm like, yo, man, where have you been? Because now, from the time that I first talked to him, because think about it. If you think about it, he was a new artist, and everybody expected to drop an album at the time. So he was just a guy when he aimed me back then. And he didn't do any interviews. Cool. Three years later, nothing has dropped. I think Exhibit A dropped. I think the day hadn't even dropped yet. I don't even remember what else came out. And it's been three years and nobody's heard from this guy. And he picks up his phone and he's, and he's become like this unicorn in hip hop. And he's just talking to me on the phone. And then he's like, hold on. He puts me on hold. Denon's getting back on the phone. And he's like, Jay, 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 man, you always do this shit. He's like, Jay Electronic has just left. I don't know when I'm going to see him again. This is too. And yeah. That was it. I had never heard from Jay Electronica again until South by Southwest <laughs> in 2015 when I was walking and Jay was randomly freestyling on 8th Street. On some corner in 8th Street in 2015, Jay Electronica is just freestyling. Of course, I walk up to him. Yo, Jay, mind you, me and Jay had never met in person. Only AIM and that one phone conversation. And I'm like, it's Andreas. And he gives me like this dap and a hug. Yo, what up? Da da da. How you been, brother? I'm like, cuz, it's been like five years. Where the fuck is album? He's like, everybody keeps asking me that. Never comes out. Jay's like, hit me. I was like, dog, I don't have your phone number. And he like goes back to freestyle. I left, never hear from him again. So the fact that this album is coming out now <laughs> is indicative of who Jay Electronic is. And I guarantee you, in some way, Jay was doing like Jay-Z was like, listen. We need to finish this album. How about I just jump on this bitch and then we can finish it? And Jay Electronica probably said, yeah. So the fact is, is that this album <laughs> probably never was going to come out unless Jay pushed him to do this. Unless Jay-Z pushed Jay Electronica to push this album out because Jay Electronica is a fucking weirdo. And that is the moral of the story and that's where we're at now. Because I've never seen an artist take this long with so much momentum off of Exhibit C never drop a body of work. Ever. I've never seen this before. It's the truly like this is the epitome of a guy who's like, I just do it for the love. Cause you had the opportunity. People were waiting for it. Like, does anybody like in exhibit C, he calls tweeting a twit. Tip hit me up with a twit, said what you waiting on. That's how old that song <laughs> is. Yet here we are. <laughs> so here, yet here we are. There's a lot of shit I didn't think I would see in 2020. That's high on the list. I thought an, a Jay Elect album was somewhere next to Detox. Exactly. Exactly. And we got that whole Compton album with with Dre before we got this. So for me, it's not a matter of I waited 10 years for. I'm just glad it's here. And I'm glad I enjoy it. I think uh, there's a, like for me, like it's it's a dope album. And it's not about anything. And like a lot of people are comparing it to Watch the Throne. I This is a hot take for some people. I never thought Watch the Throne was that good. I just didn't. I thought it was good. No, I I thought it was, it was good. good. Like, like okay, I work for Life Kanye Times. don't be spitting about shit, though. No, but but see, like, I work for Life and Times. And we, like, I knew the album was dropping the night that it was supposed to come out. Like, at the last minute, I found out the album was done. And... That night on Twitter became like one of the first listening sessions on Twitter. It became an event when that album dropped. Everybody was on social media tweeting about the album and listening to it in real time. That was special. But when I listened to the album, I was like, it's good, but it, it's not the album that I thought I would get out of Jay and Kanye. For better or worse, whatever that means. Like I thought there were some, some dope songs like Murder and Excellence was fantastic. Otis was amazing. But then it was just like, I never really went back to that album. And to me, this album isn't really like a Watch the Throne album. It's just like two guys rapping. And I happen to like these two guys that are rapping. And there's no theme necessarily on the album. It's just these two guys just kicking bars. So like Universal Soldier and Flux Capacitor and uh, The Ghost of Soldier Slim, I think are great songs. 
I mean, again, you got two guys, the total combined tag team age is 93 years old. I thought they did well with this. Is it a classic? I don't think so. I still think Royce probably has the album of the year. But I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I think Royce definitely has the album of the year. So, I again, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it justified the hype on this album. And again, not to say that it's a bad album. But when you make your fans wait f- for going by your timeline 13 years for an album it should probably be an actual solo album but he's not that guy that was my whole point about the story he's just not that like listen he recorded with just blaze there's not a single just blaze song on the album he was he was with mr porter i don't know what they were doing i don't know if he was playing but they were doing something there's no mr porter presence on the album there is a vault somewhere in space that has J Electronica songs that are never going to come out. And the reason I use that Mr. Porter story is because he left the studio and he never came back, which means that whatever they were working on that day was, I mean, maybe he came back at some later date, but whatever they were working on that particular day just wasn't finished. So I have a feeling that there's a bunch of J Electronica songs that weren't finished and Jay was just like, all right, let's finish this shit. Right? Finally. There's, there's one- I just wonder... I wonder if Mr. Porter has seen him since that day. That's funny. That story would be even funnier if you hadn't seen him since, and Mr. Porter hadn't seen him since. Like, yo, Jay just left the. He just left the studio, not to be seen again. It's, it's possible. And there's one artist in music that I really enjoy that has a similar, very low output of music, and that's Estero. And if anybody listens to Estero, you know, like Estero puts like an album like every seven years, and it takes like. Her Breath from Another album came out in 98. One of my... I love that album. And then she didn't put out Wicked Little Girls until 2009? Like, like, two, like 12 years. And she put out like the We Are Re- uh, Revolution EP in between. And I ended up meeting her and interviewed her. And like she sent me like an unfinished song with her and Miguel that has never seen the light of day. And I'm like, why didn't you put out this song? She was like, I never finished it. And I was like, why? She was like, I just didn't. Like, she just, she would write songs and she would never finish them. And I think Jay's the same way. Like, he just writes songs and just like, ah, I'm done. On to the next one. And then Jay-Z was like, no, I'm going to finish this thought. Like, you started the, I'm going to finish this shit. So, I'm okay with this because otherwise, I don't think we would have ever got a Jay Electronic album. Ever. I guess something's better than nothing, right? I mean. So, that's what we come down to. For all intents and purposes. Like, cool. Raekwon and Raekwon's solo album was really a Raekwon and Ghostface album. Only built for Cuban right, Lynch was not a, really a Raekwon <laughs> solo album, and nobody said shit in all the years that have passed. It's still the Purple Tape is still Raekwon's album, even though Ghostface I believe was on thirteen of the songs on that album, but they said we still refer to it as a Raekwon album. Yeah. No, that was definitely a double. But again, that's between peers. <laughs> Just they're peers. Like, is, you're, not, you're not reaching for the goat. I'm just you're not reaching for the goat. Like, yo, you know what? This album's okay. Yo, we gotta finish this. How we're we gonna finish it? Put the greatest of all time on that shit. Yeah. Like, come on, man. What? What's that's wrong like in, with in, in that's like in pro wrestling. You'd be like, you know what? I I kind of don't want to wrestle a full match tonight. Let's make this shit a tag. Okay, who do you want? You want, like, uh, another young... Nah, you know what? Just throw Okada on here with me. Yeah. Like, yeah, motherfucker, you're going to have a dope match. Exactly. Yes, That's you're putting Okada with you. Yes. That's what they want. Like, it's not it's not telling you anything. You're not showing me anything about you. You just throw Okada on there. No. That's like AEW. Yo, I want this person to have a match. I'm not sure... If they're going to do a whole match or, you know, they haven't been on TV for a while, eh, just put Kenny out there with them. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fuck it. Like, of course it's going to be a good match. I mean, it's... Because Kenny's on it. It's 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 also good business, right? Like, because Jay Alec, he's, again, he's like a weirdo. He's a unicorn. So, yeah, the fact, the fact that he can get Jay-Z to do an album with him on his debut, come on, man. Who's got that kind of clout? Jay-Z, Jay-Z just wanted a return on investment. I'm just saying, but who's who else... Has that kind of clout? There's been no rapper that has a debut album with a goat on it on the second, on, like trading bar. Like he's on eight of the ten songs. There is nobody. That's pretty big. 
But I don't think again. Yeah, I, don't no think, one. I don't think Jay Electronic <laughs> is here for like your likes. Like I don't think he's here for anybody's goat list. I don't think he's here for any of that. I don't know why he's here. I don't. I have no idea. Like Jay Electronic and Andre Three Thousand should do an album because I like. What are you doing here? You're not making music regularly. So if this is what we got to do to get what we want, all right. Because if it was whack, it'd be a different story. That was not whack. That was dope. No, that was good. It's, I don't know. If I was waiting for someone to release something, though, for like, you know, even like I want a new Lupe album. If Lupe came out and half his album was split with someone else, I'd be like, fuck. Like, all right. Like, it's like Roy's giving me another Bad Me Tivo album. Yeah, but I you- enjoy it. But I don't want to fucking sit through him every track. But you, but you have been introduced to him as a solo artist with solo bodies of work. There's been no body of work from Jay Electronica, just songs. <laughs> so he's gonna permanently be a tag team guy. Like right now, he's a tag team guy. Dog, I was just, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever hear another Jay Electronica song ever again. <laughs> this might be it. This could Yo, be it. y'all got that? I'm out. Yes, I'm out. Yes, he. You it's know, possible. All right. He's been with you know, Erica Badu. Shit, man, he, he could be done. This could be it. He just, he just never struck me as that. Like even in our old aim conversations, he just, he never struck me as a guy who like really cared about what anybody thought about anything. It's weird. It's really weird. But he puts out this album, and I know he's like great. Like I, I don't even know if he's probably like since that that listening session that night. I don't even know he's probably listened to the album. He's probably moved on to the next thing in his life. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird guy. I like it, though. Fuck it. Yeah. 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 So your, listen, if, if that's you, lean into being you. All the way. Why not? Um, man, but yeah, so... That's our show for today. We went an hour on our hip-hop show, which is dope. We'll try to do another one next Wednesday. It could also be about video games and nerd shit, so don't hold me to the fact that it's going to be hip-hop. But we're going to do these uh, little extracurricular episodes every week until we can get out of the house and we're no longer quarantined. So we appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check back in on Friday for our wrestling episode. Plenty to talk about there. Keep safe. Wash your hands and your ass. Don't go infecting people. Make sure you guys take care of yourself and your family. Follow us on Twitter at the at Corner Podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill. For now, though, we're out. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.